0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's a big day, big day on Catholic School Matters, because I think we're going on a different platform, right? Well, first, let me introduce my guest. He is uh, Catholic education's most interesting man, Rob Burtzel. Rob. Well, Tim, if I could
1: introduce, welcome to the next class. I'm Rob Burtzel with my co-host, Timul. <laughs> I love the fact
0: that, <laughs> listeners, this is what you need to know. Uh, I when we get on, he's listening to one of my podcasts, and he's he, Rob has gone through the list of guests that I've had. Meanwhile, I don't even know the name of your podcast. That's <laughs> that's how much prep work. So much prep if You were work. taught by the Jesuits,
1: didn't they? Teach you, to do your homework, man?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They t- they did try to teach me that. Uh <laughs> but also fake it till you make it right. So um, here I am. So this is going to run on your channel, right, Rob? Yeah, this is
1: I first, to my knowledge, we're doing a dual podcast. So yes. you're doing the podcast. I'm doing the podcast. We're going to put it out there so more people can hear it. But, uh, you know, I've listened to your podcast and I hope that my listeners at heaven can turn to Catholic school matters and learn and, your listeners that haven't heard of
0: the next class can have a new podcast around education. I'm just I, I'm just going to edit it in such a way that I sound smarter on my version than yours. <laughs> okay, You're going to have to spend a lot of time, Tim. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually do. That's really the only thing I do when I go through. I take out the ums and the duh. Uh, every once in a while, I'll cut something out when a joke doesn't land. But um, I don't really do the major editing, like take a section out, or I certainly don't move things around. Cause I, I like to have kind of an authentic conversation and sure. that's the way an authentic conversation uh, sounds. I, I know most people aren't listening to a podcast. They aren't like sitting down and giving it their hundred percent focus, right? They're doing something else. They're gardening, walking the dog, um, something else. And it's kind of in the, I don't know. Wouldn't you say that it's like a 50% maybe attention? Well, I
1: don't know about 50, but uh, yeah. When I'm, when I'm walking the dog, doing uh-huh. dishes, it's, Yeah, it's not, um, um, you're not sitting there taking notes necessarily. Right.
0: So, so yeah, that's, and then I I oftentimes, I don't know about you, but oftentimes people will ask, they'll say, do you have a list of questions you're going to ask? Do you get that a lot? I I always say, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about today. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I told you we're going to talk about what are you up to this year? And uh, I'm going to talk about what I'm up to this year. And we'll see how it goes.
1: Well, um, I generally send a couple prompts, but I, I premise it by saying, we don't want this to be an interview. We want it to be a conversation. Right. And when you have questions, it becomes too much of an interview. So I'll do more prompts. Like here are
0: three themes I'd like to dig into. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. Maybe I should start doing that.
1: Yeah. A couple themes just to- <laughs> so they have some some sense. Wait, let me write that down. <laughs> While you're writing that down, here, here's another fun one you should do. It. So I was at Lone Rock, which you've been to, um, in April with um, a bunch of the EILE people and some aspiring leaders. And I was having a conversation with John Ray, who is the turnaround president of modern day Catholic and Chula Vista. And we had eight aspiring leaders and we we're going to talk about things that we saw in great leaders. Similar to your conversation you had with Elizabeth a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. or I guess in May. And John and I were going to have this talk and it just came to me spur of the moment. I said, John, we're going to do a live podcast. And he's like, Whoa, wait, wait, I've never done a podcast. I'm like, perfect. He's like, what do we do? So we just talk. And it was pretty cool. So we had eight people listening. John and I gave the talk. I recorded it. And then we got questions from the audience. Yeah. And it was, it was really engaging. And um, John thought it was so much fun. He's like, Oh, I'm a podcaster now. I'm like, Whoa, hold on. Settle down tiger. You're a guest.
0: Yeah. The live podcaster. I mean, I, I am doing one on Saturday with, with, um, with the Jesuit who wrote the book on the, the, the nativity f- phenomena. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Jack. Uh, yeah. Hold CR low or something. Yeah. yeah. So uh I, he lives in Rochester, so I'm just gonna drive up there.
1: But are you gonna have an audience? No. But you're gonna stream it live.
0: No. I'm gonna record a live conversation so the two of us are gonna be in the same room. That's what I call a live podcast. So then and then I'll edit it and so forth. Okay. Okay, yeah. let's make sure for my listeners we introduce you and then you can we can introduce you. You are formerly crystal ray i think is where you first started making your mark right no uh, no why don't you introduce yourself then you well, give me I, a I, look I, <laughs> I
1: would hope that uh people would say that i made my mark in the classroom that was uh that's where it all began
0: that's great
1: and it's where i hope to end end my career uh no i taught for uh five years i started at marquette university High School. Which uh, I think I'm probably the guest that you have known longest in your eight seasons. Is there anyone that known mm. longer than me? No, no, there's people. Oh. What?
0: Yeah, I got, I got, I got. Uh, I had some guys on from high school. Uh, I had some guys on that I knew when I was in high school. So yeah, we, we got you. Okay. Uh, did you teach Bill Daly when you were at Marquette? I did yeah. So Bill is my uh, is that sec. He he was on before, and he's my guest. Uh, we're recording this it's next monday so what's the date on that august uh 28th would be the podcast with bill because you know they they've expanded to a second campus down there in san antonio so
1: he's great he uh yeah yeah, he was at market High. i'm pretty sure i taught him i um yeah i knew his his brother was in my class and i I bet
0: he was a real punk right
1: i think he was pretty smart if i recall correctly yeah Um, well
0: that doesn't mean he's not a punk right but yeah
1: yeah um but I, I, along with Father Winzenberg, started Market High's Alumni Service Corps, which is in its thirtieth year now. Okay. Um, pretty pretty cool. A lot of Jesuit high schools have these. Um, and this teacher shortage, I rec- recommend every high school look at doing one of these. Bring some alumni back. They don't have to teach, but they can prefect and coach, and you know, bring the energy the young scholastics had at Great and Prep when you were there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, went out I to Market High. I had a couple great years there, Market High. But you're right. The Mark Christopher Ray was really where I. Uh, was fortunate enough to learn a ton and carry Father Foley's bags for a number of years. And um, Father Dennis Holtschneider, who was another guest you had, he had a great line. We were tenants of DePaul University. Mm. Uh, so we had our office downtown DePaul on their campus. He's very proud that the uh, Vincentians hosted Christore, not the Jesuits. Um, and uh, Father Dennis, when I went in to say that this would be my last year, and Father Foley always came with me to thank him for for uh, giving us office space. And he said, you know, Rob, you're really a Vincentian. You're not a Jesuit. I'm like, well, I'm neither, but what do you mean? And he said, well, in our founding papers and their founding articles, or whatever, St. Vincent de Paul said, if you ever come across a Jesuit, carry his bags. And he said, Rob, you've been carrying John Foley's bags for five, six, seven years. You're a Vincentian. Father Foley didn't think that was very funny.
0: And that was which school? Uh which, which school in, in Chicago? There, there are more than one? Uh, well, so that was the network office. Oh, the network office.
1: So I, I was Elizabeth's predecessor. Okay. And actually hired her, brought her from Tucson. She was my chief academic officer. And I was CEO of the national office. You weren't, but weren't you in one of the schools before that? Uh, no, I see where you're going. Correct. Originally, we were across the street from the original school in Pilsen. Okay. Sort of a little ramshackle uh, two-flat. And when BJ Caston hired me, he said, your first job is to get out of that apartment and get into an office downtown. Okay. He, he thought there's too much affinity with the original school. And he wanted the network to stand on its own and support all the schools, not just you know, show off that, the original school.
0: Okay. So you went from CEO of Cristo Ray to what was your next step?
1: So I was then brought in to uh, be CEO of the Accelerate Institute it's a leadership program at Kellogg at Northwestern university. Uh, it was the, one of the only multi-sector leadership programs. So we had charter schools, district schools, Lutheran schools, Catholic schools, and try to be agnostic to the model and focus on leadership and support all, all schools. So it was a pretty cool gig. And then, uh, from there started the Drexel fund with John Erickson, which is now at over 80 million and 150 schools or so they've supported. And, um, I would argue a lot of the the school choice legislation that you and Christine were talking about, uh, Christine Healy, I I would argue is because of the Drexel's showing if you can have a great school on a voucher in in Ohio you should get it in Iowa and then you should get it in Nevada and you can do that Uh, and so Drexel's done some great work Um, and then seven years ago I was recruited to start Amerigo Education where I'm still at, and um, that's where Ailey is out of, and we partner with um, Catholic schools to run their international student programs. So we'll have over a thousand kids at 15 of our partner schools. Um, and some, we do boarding, some homestay, um, but it's you know, a remarkable program. Up at Carmel Catholic last week, uh, the principal was talking about how three students from uh, three different countries went on Kairos.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: and one of them was Chinese, had never heard of Jesus, Prior to going to Carmel, and just talked about how over a four-year he wasn't being proselytized. He didn't convert, but he he now you know knew of our faith and had a really powerful experience going on Kairos. Um, So that's pretty cool. You know, a kid from China going on Kairos in Chicago.
0: And then you also dabble in Catholic Virtual now.
1: So I'm the president of Catholic Virtual, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and uh, also run the Institute for Leadership and Entrepreneurship and Education, ILE, which. You have been uh, engaged with, and we're excited to be launching a new seminar in March. So, if any of your listeners are current leaders or aspiring leaders, and they'd like to learn more, they could contact me about uh, about our new seminar model. We're having the first cohort in March. We have twelve people already signed up, and we'll close it at twenty four.
0: All right. So the ILEE, um, and, and and I'm sorry. What do you what do you call in the institute uh, in the in the spring? uh it's it's the new cohort
1: so we're launching a new cohort of leaders okay they will do a three seminar two-year okay. program I,
0: I i didn't know if you were called the seminar program something different so that's what no, I, just the Ely seminars okay so Ely seminars and it's modeled on the the aspen um pahara kind of model which is seminars great thinkers uh What else can you say about that? Because you've been through the process.
1: Right. No, I was fortunate to have gone through the Aspen Pahara Fellowship and and just thought we need this for for Catholic school leaders. It's such a transformative experience. A a number of Catholic people, people you've had on, Kevin Baxter has done it. Uh, John Erickson at Drexel has done it. But I thought we needed at the school level. And it's building off actually the Aspen Institute's 70-year-old seminar model, which is text-based. So we're using some of their text, but then... Uh, my colleague Hickey and I have been looking at a number of Catholic texts, so people mm-hmm. like Mary Oliver, uh, Saint Teresa of Avila, James Finley's podcast on Saint Teresa of Avila will be one of the texts we'll use, even though it's a podcast, but modern text, and we'll use that text to dig into to leadership. And uh, excited that you'll be joining us in October, Tim, to to test the the new
0: model. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, there's there isn't there's kind of a gap between sort of university education and professional development. Um, And then university education. So many of our superintendents and school leaders were educated in secular universities or they're in programs that they don't really delve into spirituality and spiritual leadership. And, and and then when you start looking at professional development programs around spiritual leadership, that's it's hard to find one that, kind of crosses into that executive type role as opposed to just pastoral leadership in general.
1: No, you're right. And I think we've done, you and I were talking earlier, but I think we've done a lot of really good work around academics. We're differentiated instruction, assessments, Mm -hmm. curriculum. We've done great work there. Uh, We've also done a lot of good work around Boston College's new initiative on board development uh, and enrollment management uh, and fundraising we've sort of left out the spiritual CEO and um, you know, I I was telling you, I did a survey of 40 school leaders. Only one was getting spiritual direction, but a hundred percent would like to be. Yeah. So as we put lay people, I don't think we've done a great job of supporting their faith formation and
0: spiritual direction. and, And they're the CEO they're the spiritual CEO of the school. Well, I mean, you know, when you're at a school, especially if you're in elementary school, you 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 always have this tension about are you part of this faith community or not? And If you're part of the faith community, so that you might go as a parishioner, well, now you're sitting in the pews and your boss is preaching to you, literally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's a little uncomfortable, and it's also uncomfortable to go to your boss for con- for uh, confession. That just brings up all sorts of um, um, conflicts of interest, right? If you're in if you're in my seat, you kind of work working at a Chancery, you know a lot of priests, but boy, um, it's hard to be able to identify somebody who can serve that role as a spiritual mentor or spiritual confidant um uh, because you work with them and and when you work with people, sometimes they let you down rob and uh and sometimes you know you have these different types of relationships so yeah, it's and it's but it's great that you're raising that issue and it's great that we're we're surfacing that because it, it is it is definitely a need. Um I had a conversation in the parking lot yesterday with somebody who works here in the chancery and uh just kind of casually said, and it was a priest and casually said, uh I, I just said, Hey, how you doing? I know it's a busy time for you right now. How you doing? And he was just like, you know, just trying to make it through day by day. And he wasn't saying that as a platitude. Like he had that look of weariness and fatigue and cause there's a lot, there's a lot going on in his sort of office. And, uh, and I thought to myself, wow, we're really not doing well. If the people that work here are not getting spiritually fed.
1: Wow. That's so interesting, Tim. And it's, um, there's a yearning for it. There's a yearning for it. And, um, and, you know, I think Ily is just a teeny little small program that that can help, but, um, and, you know, yeah, the other thing is you and I both had the f- blessings of going to Jesuit schools where the president, when we were there, was a Jesuit. You know, they do 13 years of formation. Every yeah. summer they do an eight-day silent retreat. They all have a spiritual director. They live in a spiritual community. They go to mass every day, and I would be willing to bet you, uh, a beer at Lone Rock, that the next president of Market High and the next president of Creighton Prep is probably going to be a layperson. Yeah. And that layperson isn't going to have had 13 years of formation. They aren't going to be doing an eight-day silent retreat. Um, but we can't get them a spiritual director. You know, we can we can support them in that role.
0: Right. All right, let me introduce myself to yeah, your listeners in gonna... the, no, the next okay. class. The America's... next class.
1: Welcome to the next class. My guest is Tim Mool.
0: Yeah, I'm just this guy. Uh, I'm a gardener. I became a gardener this year, man. Love to spend time in my garden Um, because here's the thing in Buffalo, there's no deer. So in Montana, all the gardening I would do, the deer would just come and they would just, they would, they would think, oh, it's a buffet. I can just eat these flowers. (laughs) In Buffalo, no deer. So I can get flowers galore. So I got flowers all over my front yard. No deer in Buffalo. Well, nothing like what was in Montana. So, and we live on a fairly busy street. So you rarely see any deer uh, on our street. And so um, we have ripped up most of the front yard and, and, and planted perennials. And we're like a, anyway, we're into the uh, pollination. Uh, I'm also triathlete now, you know? Mm. So. When uh, When was it? Two weeks ago? It's like three weeks ago, uh, July twenty third, uh, and I'm doing another one this weekend. So, uh, yeah,
1: it's awesome.
0: And then I got two dogs. Spent a lot of time with my my puppies. What kind of dogs? Uh, I have a Bouvier and an English Sheepdog. They're nuts. So we're uh, the Sheepdog's nuts, but uh, and then uh, oh, there's yours. What is what do we got there?
1: It's a, a golden Doodle Greyhound.
0: I was going to say, it's probably a golden doodle. I, and everybody always thinks that uh, Ulysses is a golden doodle when he, when he gets his haircut. But I'm like, no, nah, it's a good day. Um, oh, and I'm also the superintendent of uh, Buffalo Catholic School. Uh, I've been there since uh, so two and a half years. Before that, I was in Montana. Uh, I have this podcast and newsletter, Catholic School Matters. Um, I've been in um, conversations with thought leaders about Catholic education for some time. So it's my, uh, um, I don't know if it's a hobby, passion, but uh, hobby shouldn't denigrate it. But uh, my main job is uh, leading the schools, leading the people. We're, we're going to meet with principals tomorrow, all day, kind of back to school, two weeks away from the start of school. So that's kind of my focus right now.
1: You're downplaying your podcast a bit. Uh, as you said, I did do my homework and eight seasons. That's pretty remarkable to.
0: Eight seasons. Yeah, and- yeah it's really something. Um, I—I I, I, In fact, I told this story uh, again to Bill Daly. So I apologize, listeners. I'm going to say it again. Uh, when I was in Montana, I traveled a lot and I listened to a lot of podcasts because you couldn't get radio. And, you know, my CDs got, you know, this is before streaming music really took off. And, um, I was listening to these podcasts and I was like, man, you know, ultimately what a podcast is, is people listening in on a conversation. And, Mm -hmm. and, and what happens is when you listen to a podcast long enough, you start to internalize kind of their values, their thinking, um, their approach to things. And so sometimes, you know, you listen to a podcast long enough and you're like, I don't like this anymore. Like I don't like this guy. I don't like this person. I um but but I was thinking to myself, you know, I know some pretty interesting people um and there really isn't anybody in the Catholic education space. No no Catholic school kind of podcast. So I was driving home one night from Great Falls to Helena late night. Uh, it's a beautiful drive, but at night it's it's a little harrowing cuz you're back and forth in a dark canyon. There's no uh you know, and you're worried about deer running across the road but I was really gripped by this idea and I came home and I just like sat down, grabbed a pad of paper and started writing down names of people who would make for an interesting uh, conversation. And I made, and I made a list of 25 people like that. Mm-hmm. And Bill Daly was on that list. I told him this. Um, and, and I thought, okay, I, I got something here. I got something cause I can look, I, I know people from all different sort of, uh, rooms and in, in the Catholic education mansion, you know, I know somebody about development and somebody about finance and somebody about, uh, education and somebody about spirituality and so forth. And that's how I launched it. Like, I just know the people I know. And then it just became, I've tried some different things over the, t- over the time, you know, um, and I'm doing something different right now. So I don't want to tell you about this, uh, Rob, I'm doing a, a uh, series on controversies in Catholic education. Because I curate stuff, right? I curate articles and sometimes they run in my, most of the time, they just, I just run the article in my newsletter and don't really comment on it or anything. And I was like, you know, these things are kind of slipping by. And I don't think we're having enough conversations about this. So, um, and and the other thing is is that I don't like podcasts that necessarily have a purpose, like promoting a book or promoting a program or, or doing something like that. You can kind of see through that. This is why this person's on the podcast circuit because they're promoting a movie or a book or or something like that. I like just authentic conversations. So I invite, I've I've invited people. I've started this, um, and and I give them five controversies that I collected over the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. And so those are our jumping off points. We don't necessarily, like the point is not to embarrass the school or the, you know, the leader. Um, The point is to say, this happened. What do you think about it? What would you differently? Have you ever faced something like this? How would you approach it? And so I had my first one last week. I have another one with Kevin Baxter this Friday. And then the following, we can have one with Greg Richmond. You mentioned he's part of our October group. So, um, and then, okay, so then the other piece of this, which is really cool. So I recorded the one last uh, Friday with Dan McMahon, who's a principal at DeMatha in, in DC. So it's a 50 minute audio file. So I sent that to someone else to listen to. And then I'm going to do a 10 minute, Reflection with her on our main podcast. So it's kind of meta, right? You're going to listen to it and you're going to, you're going to be like, you're going to, you're going to start having thoughts. And then my other guest is going to come on and go, Hey, you know, here's the thing. When I listen to this, this is what really stuck out. I like that. I know. I like, it's like it. It's like, it could be really good because that's oftentimes it's like you see a good movie or you see something and you want to talk about it to somebody, right? Well, um, this podcast—you're not necessarily, you know, you don't know who else is listening, and, and you know it's asynchronous, and um, it's sort of like my experience this year when I when I was on the Peloton doing a lot of training, I would I was watching The Walking Dead, so I st- I just I just binged it. Well, no one else is watching The Walking Dead this year, so I had <laughs> nobody to talk to about it, right? Because it happened like the first season was like 11, 12 years ago, so it's not like I wanted to. I I should have done this, but I wanted to start tweeting out like when someone died you know r.i.p herschel right and people would be like why is he doing r.i.p herschel well then maybe somebody would have uh well, um what could you do
1: uh could you do A Q&A for i don't know how you get it out there but through your newsletter yeah. or something if you li- here listen to this podcast with so-and-so and and then send questions that myself and kevin or whoever you're gonna have would respond to yeah listener q a would be kind of cool too it would to never those, really much, i've shop. never really had
0: much luck with that though i really haven't no. like yeah um
1: you know who's done it well do you ever do you know the podcast turning to the mystics james finley no out of um father roars the center for action and contemplation yeah so finley does like an hour lecture on a mystic so saint Teresa of Avila. And then he does what you're talking about, a discussion with his co-host. And then they go through a series on a mystic. And at the end, it's a listener send in their questions. And he answers listener questions at the end of the series.
0: Hmm. It's pretty, That's it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Turning to the Mystics is a great one. I mean, what I would be more prone to do, because it would just be easier, is I would just make up the questions, right? I'd say, okay, yeah. we got a listener question here from Lehigh, <laughs> Pennsylvania, and, uh, You know, and people would that's actually because when I was in uh, when I was in college, I went to St. Mary's in San Antonio and I was the sports editor. And and I had a whole I had a whole column on um, reader questions, letters. It was called letters to the sports editor. Very, very clever. And um, they were all made up. Right. All the questions made up and I would never tell anyone that I would just say, please send your questions to. I mean, I, occasionally I might get a question, right? But people were always amazed. Like, how do you get, I mean, you're just like this little newspaper. How do you get like 10 questions every week? It's amazing. I'm like, I know there's a lot of people reading. It's great. Now I finally reviewed my secret. I know. Now your listeners are never going to believe any
1: questions. If you ever do a Q&A, they're going to be like, I know what this is.
0: <laughs> it's all a bunch uh. of softball questions. All right. So um, going
1: through your list, you've got you've had some great guests. I mean, so yeah.
0: Who's who stands out there? OK,
1: so one I was kind of blown away by because I hadn't heard this name in ages, but Neil Wilkinson.
0: Yeah, Neil. He,
1: he was at Market High when I started the Alumni Service Corps. Great guy. So I don't I, I haven't kept
0: up with him in ages. And uh, what's he doing now? so he's out in San Diego. Uh, the last time I had him on was about a year and a half ago, I think, um, because he had, he had shared with me that he started getting Parkinson's. His father had died of Parkinson's. And so, uh, and and we're friends on Facebook. Um, I would, I, I see him every time I go out to San Diego. Um, and he, um, so that was, our conversation is really about sort of diminishment and, and, and that double diminishment of like his own dad. Um, died of Parkinson's, and now he has Parkinson's. and it's not genetic. like they're the, like yeah. they haven't found that that's uh, something that passes on. It's just a weird coincidence. Um, but yeah, he he used to be Wisconsin province. He transferred out there because he's, you know, he's father Pepe. He speaks Spanish and he's in a our Lady Guadalupe parish, yeah, yeah
1: no, he, he's a great guy. The one I just I mean there's so many. we We could spend two hours going through your guests because such great people. But the one that that we lost, uh, Rich Clark, obviously, Dear friend of mine, I. the reason I'm doing this work is because of Rich. He was starting Cree Cleveland when I was in business, hating every day of it. And he introduced me to yeah. Chris and it's life's never been the same. And
0: yeah, a, you know. that's so that, that just mentioning that, you know, that brings me back a year because it was about a year ago uh, this time when I recorded uh, my interview with him and uh he was going to be the first one of the season i I'd, I'd heard about him i had had him on my queue for like three or four years finally reached out he was great we had this great conversation and before it ran um he died yeah. and it was like and i mean there is uh there is kind of a list there there's about five of my guests have passed away um which really? is yeah it's it's really um and and so like over the, just a few weeks ago, Father James F. Keenan died. And when I first uh, heard it, you know, there's I was like, oh my gosh, Jim Keenan died. Add him to the list. And my wife's like, what list? I'm like, guests who've died. And then I realized, oh, that's not him. Jim Keenan is still alive. The uh, theologian. Sorry, Jim, uh, to bring you up in this context. He was a great guest. Oh, um, I've had him on a couple of times. But um, uh, Gene Mers. Did you know Gene from yeah, yeah, from Milwaukee? Wisconsin
1: province guy? Yeah.
0: I mean, that interview, it's still, that's actually one of my, one of my all time, most downloaded interviews because really? people just, he's so wonderful. He just talks about, uh, you know, his own struggles with cancer, his own, uh, but, you know, just talking about what Ignatian spirituality, it, you know, cause he, he has such a way of putting things in, into perspective. And then he died like four months later. Um, Yeah. A lot of Milwaukee, it seems like a lot of Milwaukee people now that I think about it, but um I don't know why I hate Milwaukee. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, we should tell people how Rob and I you want you why don't you tell the story of how we met? Well, I didn't remember it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. So when we were in when I was in uh so I was one of those punk kids I referenced. Uh, smart kids who don't who have too much energy and too many ideas. I was at Creighton Prep. I came up with the idea of having a student council exchange. And the idea being um, that we would go and this would give us an excuse to go and visit other Jesuit high schools. So we went to Kansas City, Rockers Prep, and we went to um, Marquette High. Each time we would have to spend the night and we would be matched up with someone. In, in, and when I went to Milwaukee, I got matched up with this uh, this weird kid named Rob Birdsell. And the name just always stuck in my mind bird cell it just is a name that you can't forget
1: no it's a it's a blessing i mean yeah and so
0: i and and uh never talked to rob after that um but i don't know i think it was i think what happened was when i was in tacoma and raised and trying to raise money and looking at foundations all of a sudden your name popped up in something And I was like, Rob Birdsell, that sounds like the guy stayed with it, Marquette. You know, and before you knew it, um, yep, that's him. And I think maybe John Erickson, uh, maybe I asked him, and he's he confirmed it. I don't know. Uh, No, that would have come later. But yeah, we've been able to connect, and we've been able to stay in touch, and um, it's just it's like a movie. It's so amazing. No, a disney I, movie uh, it's a I, disney I think we
1: reconnected in person at NCA one year
0: yeah that's probably right
1: um and um all right what so
0: so else are you up to what else are you up to this year this is this the uh, big thing this is your big thing
1: well i at least I, i'm excited about but um i think the biggest news is we're empty nesters yeah so like holy cow tim this is
0: a wild Because your youngest they all went to minnesota right
1: correct good memory my youngest is a freshman there she moved up june 3rd she's playing soccer there so she had to spend the summer up there
0: and uh, uh how many when when are you going up there to visit her
1: i was up there last weekend. i'm moving my middle one in this weekend and then we'll sure. go up labor day weekend since both their kids are there so we'll be up there quite a bit but um the for the summer the freedom we could just travel my wife and I never she came on a work trip with me which was amazing out to San Diego to see our friend Aaron Verisano and and her principals and um, uh, went to Baltimore DC she'd never been to DC and stayed with friends there so it just it's kind of freeing it's been that's that's the big news here at the Birdsell household we're empty nesters
0: do you um so you, you're you're kind of you're kind of still new to this though right I mean you're only a few weeks into it.
1: Well, June 3rd, they were all gone.
0: Okay. All right. Now
1: our second came home. She was a counselor in an autism camp in Colorado all summer and moved her back to Minnesota this weekend. So they kind of come and go through the summer, but as of this weekend, it'll be empty till Thanksgiving.
0: I mean, there's, there's just going to be a lot of focus on each other. And that, you know, isn't necessarily always a good thing, Rob. Well, I, I'm excited for it. I, okay, good.
1: I'm excited. We um um we've got the dog and we like to travel and uh, like you we like to garden and this is you know a big gardening time for the next few months
0: yeah that's good. That's how good. about your kids 15 14 and 11 so we got two in high school this fall both the opposite, the, of, volleyball the opposite track. of us yeah, yeah in every which way <laughs> every which way i mean every which way fortunately my boss well it's me but gives me flexibility to uh, to go and pick up this and pick up that you know because my wife is also you know like she's coaching this fall so it's like she's coaching as well as full-time gig at the high school so yeah there's gonna be a lot of demands um on our time but it's all good man it's all good this is uh, so on a
1: saturday afternoon when i'm sitting in the backyard having a lemonade let's shoot you a text and you'll be in your minivan running all over Buffalo. i'll be at
0: a volleyball tournament probably or dropping off a volleyball tournament or yeah that's probably odds are i'll be at a volleyball something which is okay i don't mind volleyball there's worse sports to watch that's for sure no it's
1: it's exciting i mean the one i couldn't i could not have done was swimming yeah that would have been a tough one sorry to all the swimmers that are listening but Actually, our best friend. She swims in Virginia, but but I, you know, yeah. You to to soccer. soccer is,
0: you know, soccer is nice to be outside, but you know, the parents would drive you crazy. They drove me crazy. Like I just, even though I, you know, from time to time, I became one of those parents. Like I was at. I have this memory of um, going to a going to a a, a tournament, and on on Saturday, there was a a soccer game with the with a certain ref, and it was a high school ref and he was just he was just garbage right he just just couldn't couldn't call anything right and it didn't cost us the game he was just bad right and so the next morning we my wife comes and they're, as they're warming up that ref comes out and i was like oh man it's that same ref we had yesterday i mean he's just garbage and so this this girl turns around and she goes i'll have you know that's my brother <laughs> And I was like, "I'm not going to argue with a young girl about her older brother," but I was like, "That was pretty. I shouldn't have said that." Um, but you become that as a soccer parent because you're just right there, right? You 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 feel like, and then, but all of our the soccer parents feel like they can, they should be yelling about everything. So,
1: yeah, at this stage, uh, this past weekend it was uh, Parents Weekend for the soccer team up in Minnesota, and um, the pretty good parents this is we had a good tailgate about 200 people and um, uh, an all-female coaching staff which is pretty remarkable Um, you know they should have more of that in women's soccer at that level yeah all right wait let's before we end here give me a, a precursor you don't have to name names but what are you excited about with this season's podcast for catholic school matters for the listeners what
0: I think the five I think we're going to do at least five of these podcasts with um about controversies so it's really going to be about leadership and um and kind of what what's going on in um in and around Catholic schools cuz so I think people are um there's kind of a learned helplessness right now with some of the controversies about things. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, it's just, I just don't want the noise and I don't know what to do. And so people just stay away. And, and I feel like, no, you need to, you need to have a few principles to be able to wade in so that you can, you can deal with some of these things and not get uh, blown away.
1: And will you do those five sort of that longer 50 minute with someone and then a follow-up
0: on all five of those. Probably. I'll probably run the, I won't run those consecutively because it's going to take a little time to build the reflections and things in. So like, I think the first one's going to run maybe that, maybe September 11th. And then um, maybe it won't, maybe I'll just do the next one in October. I don't know. Maybe every few weeks. I don't know. We'll see. Um, That's kind of my main thing right now. And, you know, I, I tend to break my podcast up. So I'll do a flurry of activity and do maybe 10 and then i'll take a break and then i'll do 10 more and i'll come up with a different idea what about you what do you got coming i'm excited
1: for a new co-host uh, nico anderson is a colleague of mine at hudson global scholars catholic virtual and uh he's a young guy three four years out of uic
0: university of illinois chicago so i think he'll bring a different perspective uh and you'll be able to understand him unlike your previous co-host with that accent
1: <laughs> burnford was tough that's why we needed, we needed video so you could read his lips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Subtitles.
1: <laughs> now, Nico, I think will bring a good, you know, He's he listened to two seasons and he's in Catholic education. So he's, um, but I'm excited for his perspective and, and getting a young person, 25, 26 perspective on the conversation. Um, got uh, a, one of our friends, Kent Hickey coming out talking about spiritual leadership will be fun with Kent. Um, I mentioned you earlier, but Jason Gay from the Wall Street Journal talking about uh, participation in youth sports and its decline, especially among low-income families, and excited to dig into that. We did one in season one around that, so I'm excited to come back to Here, that.
0: Here's the thing you want to bring. That, so you want to write this down. Okay, here's my contribution to your youth sports one. I was talking to the president of a small Catholic college, and I was amazed at how many sports they had. And I was like, how, how do you have this many sports for a school this small? And he said, you know, the dirty little secret is sports are the one reason that parents will gladly fill out a tuition check. So what he means is they don't give scholarships or they don't give enough scholarships, but parents, are, parents will pay full freight if their kid can play soccer or basketball or whatever. So that's why such a large percentage of their student body is, are athletes. It's because their parents are like, well, we want to give them that chance to be a soccer player or whatever. Isn't that amazing? But don't surprise me. I know St.
1: Mary's of Moraga, the Lasallian school outside of the Bay Area, 80% yeah. of their students are athletes.
0: Yeah. 80%. So the the but the thing is, is that people think, well, it's the, it's the hope of having an athletic scholarship that drives these parents to make all these, this commitment to youth sports and travel squads. And I'm on this other end going, no, no, it's not scholarships. It's just being able to play in college. If you've got the, if you've got the means you'll write the check so that they can be on the team.
1: Isn't that
0: amazing? Yeah. I've seen it with our, our oldest
1: is now 20, uh, 23, 24. And she had a lot of her classmates, teammates went D3. Um, they went to good schools but
0: those are big checks and um yeah it's um i've got a potential guest um i'm working with a publicist so i never really know with publicists if things are going to come about but uh rachel swarms swarms wrote this book called the 272 about the 272 slaves sold by georgetown oh wow oh it's a phenomenal book It'd be you know, I remember when the article came out in the New York Times. So she basically followed up and did research on actual lineages and people and, and realities. And so I reached out to her and her publicist said she's interested in coming on the podcast. So if she does, that's great. I mean, I do this from time to time. I'll have an author on just to talk about a book. Um, and it's not because they contact me like, Hey, I've got this new book. Would you like to do it? It's more like I read the book and go, Ooh, this is cool. I want to, yeah. I want to bring this to my, to my listeners. So I'm hoping that comes about. I just never know. Cool. No, I've right. gotten I've gotten to this point with a number of publicists, and it sounds promising. And then poof, you're like, "What? What happened?" Yeah. You get ghosted. Yeah. Um, um. But that's all right. I mean, you know. I think the
1: focus for the next class will be around the spiritual leadership outside of the onesie Tuesdays like a Jason gate. That's not going to be about that, but, uh, with Kent kicking it off. And I think, um, there's a, a yearning for that. And I think there's some great people that have viewpoints on this. So I think that that'll be a fun theme for the year to, to weave in. Yeah. Uh, but before we wrap up, since you've never listened to my podcast, you don't know what's coming. So I'm going to really get to surprise you. <laughs> See, most of my guests did their homework and they're ready for this one. So I end every podcast with the same question ask all of our guests who is your favorite teacher and why and some of their answers are amazing by the way
0: i would assume you mean like a teacher that i've had as opposed to like a teacher that worked for me
1: anything your favorite teacher and why so like jeb bush he said his mother barbara bush which was pretty cool hearing him talk about his mom
0: i mean should i say jesus isn't that There's, the That's been two two people two said Catholic that.
1: school presidents have said that? <laughs> yep. Baba Beta Marco, president of Red Bank Catholic. And I was like, wow, how did top that one? Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if you can have three people for dinner, you 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 always gotta play the Jesus card and people are impressed. Um whew. favorite teacher. You know, I I've got a um I've got a teacher who I worked with down in Louisiana. She was an art teacher, uh, Janine Wellman, and she's still doing it. And um, she is, and I, I will say this because if she's actually listening, she will laugh uh, hysterically. She is, she was then, and she still is as old as dirt. And um, but she's still putting in the the time because she loves to teach and um she still reaches out you know the one of the nice things about the, the newsletter and the email list i've built up over the years is that i still send it to people that you know i haven't seen in in years and so she she will respond from time to time and will say hey kiddo great to see this and send me a picture of the kids like you know and then it's how much they've grown so uh it's people like that um who i've had the privilege to work with um I'm I'm now so old that I can't really remember even the names of people that I, that I took classes from, but uh, it's uh, it's people I've had a chance to work with. It's the dedication, it's the time, and it's you know you do get the sense that um, they're probably at an age where they could retire, but they don't want to, yeah. and it's not because they have you know they have to keep working. It's because they enjoy doing what they're doing and it isn't work, you know. And wouldn't that be great? I mean, I I mean, you you mentioned earlier that you'd like to be back in the classroom. I've also imagined, you know, my career being a bit like a bell curve. And then at the end, going back and teaching and coaching again, uh, I, I said this in the spring and there was a retired person who was like, I think you're forgetting how much work teaching is.
1: Oh, it's the hardest job I ever had.
0: And I was like, well, that's that could be true. Yeah, maybe it is a grass is greener kind of thing. Um, but I still imagine like myself just going back and being, you know, for, for the last few years, but who knows? Yeah.
1: Great. Well, Tim, thanks for being a guest on the next class.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is fun, Rob.
1: You're going to say the same thing.
0: Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Um, (laughs) the check is in the mail that I I sent a check to all of my guests. Um, royalties will continue to pour in over time. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, look forward to seeing you in October, huh?
1: Yeah, Lone Rocket will be a great one. So, um, no, thanks for what you're doing, Tim. It's, it's great stuff. I love getting your newsletter. Got some, you've had great guests on. I, I mean, we could literally go, you've had some great, I've got a whole list here of what's going to talk about, but we,
0: yeah, they're more important subjects. All right, Rob Birdsell, thanks very much, Tim. Thank you.